0: Oh Father God, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for the gift of life. Thank you so much for Layla and uh, the joy of baptism and the joy of uh, family life. Thank you for all that are here today now. And Father, I pray that as you as your word is read, would it be that we would hear your voice, not just kind of listen to it, uh, but actually that you would speak to us in a way that changes us. Father, we remember that you're the God. Who is faithful? That your promises always come true. That we can wait for you, knowing that you will, um, that you will always fulfil on what you say. And so, would you speak to us now? I pray as Angela reads, as Claire leads us in our sermon. For I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: So the reading this morning is Luke one verses five to twenty-five, the birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijal. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regula- regulations blamelessly, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well on in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well on in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak when his time of service was completed he returned home after this his wife elizabeth became pregnant and for 5 months remained in seclusion the lord has done this for me she said in these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people this is the word of the lord
0: Woke. <laughs> it's a lot of you, and it's wonderful. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Let's just quickly pray. Father, we thank you that you long to speak to us, and we ask, Lord, that through the words I say, that you will speak to each of us in our own particular way. Amen. Amen. So, I wonder how many people here are waiting for Christmas. There's a hand gone right at the back there. Nobody else. There's a lot of people who are waiting for Christmas, aren't there? It's not long. It's scarily not long. It's seven days, seven sleeps. I don't know about you, but after what feels like weeks and months of TV adverts, Christmas food tempting you in the supermarket, you say, no, I'm not going to buy it now, eat it and buy some more. Or that endless playing of Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas." If I hear that again, I think I'll scream. But it's nearly here. It's nearly upon us. But waiting for Christmas isn't easy, especially if you're under ten, or even if you're over ten and just a big kid. It's not easy. Waiting for anything is hard. Whether you're looking forward to a holiday or waiting for exam results, planning for a wedding or the arrival of a baby, like, um, like Layla, or waiting to see if you got the job you wanted, it's not easy. This morning's reading from Luke is about waiting and revolves around the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, who was Mary's cousin. Now, we don't know much about Zechariah and Elizabeth, so maybe a little bit of background might be helpful, just to put things in context. In verse 5, and you'll see it in your, in your readings, it states that in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Ab- Abijah, and he had a wife who was a daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. That's all we're told at that point. Now, Luke... Luke is very good at setting scenes. He tells us when this happened, who it happened to, and where they stood in Jewish society. It helps to put the story in context. Zechariah is a priest from the hill country near Jerusalem. Now, for two separate weeks of each year, his division of priests are on duty in the Jerusalem temple. Now, priesthood for Zechariah was a matter of hereditary. He was a priest because his dad was a priest and his granddad was a priest and his great granddad was a priest. He wasn't called to it like Ben or Ali. It was something that he was born into. Now, there were about between 18 and 20,000 priests in Israel at the time of, of, of Jesus, right? All serving in the temple. Now, that's an awful lot of priests for a population of about 600,000 people, hence a rota. They had to have a rota, and that's why they're on duty twice a year. We're also told about a bit about Elizabeth, and that she was also of the house of Aaron. We're also told that, she, that they were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Now that is really important to note because Zechariah and Elizabeth were elderly and had been unable to have children. Now we're not told how old they are other than Elizabeth was way past childbearing years. Now I had my youngest when I was 36 and in those days you were called a geriatric parent which is not very complimentary. But it does mean that Elizabeth was probably considerably older. All their married lives, they had been waiting. They had been waiting to have a child. And they worshipped and they waited. And they waited. And they waited. But they had not been blessed with children. And they would probably given up. It obviously wasn't going to happen. Now, in that patriarchal society, it was seen as, one, a curse from God, and B, not surprisingly, the fault of the woman. Now, the constant disappointment, disapproval, and hurt must have been overwhelming, as it still is today for very many people. Now, Zechariah had been waiting for something else. He had been waiting for his turn to burn incense in the temple in front of the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies um, from the rest of the temple. It was an opportunity that only came once, if ever, in a priest's life. And it was drawn by lots, and he was successful. So our story picks up At this point, when Zechariah is in the temple, burning the incense which carries the prayers of the faithful to God, and an angel of the Lord, Gabriel no less, appears to him. Now, I don't know about you, but I am pretty certain that our reaction, certainly my reaction, if an angel suddenly appeared in the aisle here, um, would cause a bit of consternation. Um, Not something we are particularly used to, seeing angels in church, so poor Zechariah is now faced with God's messenger. I love it in the Bible when it has a bit of a bit of comedy. It says that Zechariah was startled, some versions say troubled, and was gripped with fear. Fear? I bet he was absolutely terrified. And probably scared half to death. The angel then proceeds to tell him that his prayers have been answered and he's gonna have a son. Wow, that is the most amazing news he's ever heard. But wait, there's more. Not only is he gonna be a dad, which might be quite scary at his age, but the angel goes on to say that he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God in the reading. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to make ready a people for their Lord. Now that last phrase must have been a real shock to Zechariah. As a priest, he knew his Tanakh or Old Testament. In Isaiah 40.3, the prophet writes about a person in the desert who prepares the way for the Lord. Now that was about 700 years before Jesus. In Malachi 3:1, we read, "I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me." Malachi was written about 400 years before Christ, and it's considered to be the last prophet of the Old Testament and the last recorded time that God spoke to his people. So, little test to see who's been listening. There are five things that Zechariah had been waiting for. So can you remember what they are? I'll give you a clue. Two of them are personal and three of them relate to what Israel had been waiting for. I'll give you 30 seconds just to think about it. Or maybe 10 seconds. So. Thank you. Zechariah had been waiting. Let's recap. He had been waiting for his turn in the temple. He had been waiting for God to answer his prayer for a son. He had been waiting along with Israel for God to speak again. Along with the whole of Israel, he had been waiting for the promised messenger to prepare the way. And he had been waiting for the promised Messiah. Been waiting a lot. So during Zechariah's time in the temple, God had spoken through Gabriel, he had answered his prayers for a son. That precious child would be the messenger, which meant that the promise of the Messiah was coming. Zechariah was seeing God's faithfulness to His promises to him and to Israel being fulfilled before him. Now, is it any wonder that Zechariah is somewhat overwhelmed? I think I would be. I don't know about the rest of you. I know I would be, and he asks the question: How can that happen? even though he had been faithfully praying and believed that God would, all-powerful, would answer his prayers, when it finally came to it, he didn't believe it. And as a result, he was struck dumb for the whole of the nine months of his wife's pregnancy. Now, this interaction with Gabriel had obviously been going on for some time because the people were waiting outside. And when he came out, Zechariah tried to explain what happened. Now, just for a moment, without drawing, without mouthing out loud, without speaking, explain that you've just seen an angel. Come, on, between yourselves, for 10 seconds, try and explain that you've seen an angel. Now, what would you do? No? Hey? Um, we... It's not easy, is it? So, you know, Zechariah is trying to explain what happens. The good thing is that everyone realized that something had happened, that Zechariah had seen a vision. And when he had finished his duties, he returned home to Elizabeth, who Judy fell pregnant, and then gave birth to the person that we know of as John the Baptist. And this is where the story ends today that we read. But it's not the end of the story. It's actually the start of one of the most wonderful stories that's ever happened to mankind. It's a story of God keeping his promises, stepping into this world and creating a way for a restored relationship with him. It's the start of that. We seem to spend a lot of our time waiting. Waiting for one thing or another. Advent is also a time of waiting. A time for preparation and repentance. As we not only prepare for Christmas and celebrating the birth of the Christ child. But also as Christians as we prepare for the return of Christ. So... As we enter this very last week of Advent, can I just ask you a question about what you're waiting for? Is it simply just to have a good time with the family? Are you waiting for God to answer your prayers? And if you would like prayer for anything, then just speak to Ben or myself or the wardens and we'll find somewhere to pray with you after the service. Are you waiting to take the next step into your relationship with Christ, that something's holding you back? And if you don't know Jesus as your saviour, again, what can I ask you, what is it you are waiting for? If you want to know more of the story, we started this story in Luke. Then please do take a copy of Luke. The copies at the back. And that will explain the whole story. Next week, we celebrate when God stepped into the world in the form of Jesus, knowing that he would make the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. He is longing and he is waiting for us to turn or return to him. We all of us spend a lot of our lives waiting. Sometimes there are times, though, when we do not have to. So my question is, Why wait any longer? Amen.